Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for bringing us to another study. We ask as we go into your word, you will speak with us in the name of Jesus. Amen. We speak through our teacher in the name of Jesus. Amen. And we will all be blessed. Just saying. Amen. Good evening, Thank everyone. And you're welcome Good to evening, today's uh, Can you hear me, please? Yes, you're loud. You're audible. Yes, okay. ma'am. can hear you. Good evening, Sister Sophia. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So, um, before I start, I want to appreciate our daddy and the Lord for giving me this rare opportunity to host you people this evening for today's Bible study. Uh, it has been a very long uh, teaching from Genesis and here we are today, we'll be treating the book of Obadiah. Obadiah happens to be the shortest uh, Hello, I think I'm off. I can hear you, ma. Okay. Obadiah is the shortest um, book of the Bible. It has just one chapter and it has uh, 21 verses. Hallelujah. It is the shortest Bible in the Old Testament. The book was written around 5 AC BC. The title of the book contains the name of the author. Obadiah means worshiper of Yahweh or servant of Yahweh. The long-term struggle between Esau, which is Edom, and Jacob, Israel, in Rebekah's womb had continued to the Babylonian captivity of Judah. The book foretells the eventual punishment of the Edomites as they aided the Babylonian army in capturing Judah. Instead of assisting their brother, Judah, against the foreigner who invaded them, the book emphasizes the nearness of the day of the Lord, the judgment of God on Edom, and promises deliverance and holiness for God's people. Hallelujah. Sorry, I made a mistake. Can we all read the memory verse together? Can we all read it together? Obadiah 17. Obadiah 17. But yes. on Mount Zion, there, there shall be deliverance, and there shall be holiness. The house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. Amen. Amen. There's our possessions today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Because looking at this, are you sweet descendants of the Israelites? We are the we are, we are the house of Jacob that will possess our possessions today. And I pray so shall it be in the name of Jesus. So Briefly, I want to run us through the type of people the Edomites are. We may be hearing Edomites, the people of Edom, the descendants of this and descendants of that. Who are these people? Who are they? The Edomites are the descendants of Esau, the firstborn of Isaac. I believe we all know that story in the book of um, Genesis 36. It was the firstborn of Isaac and Rebekah and the twin brother of Jacob. We all, uh, taking us through history, 
we could all remember the struggle between them in the womb, and there was um, a, should I say, a revelation now, or words of wisdom that was given to Rebecca that the, the, the younger, hallelujah. So the struggle continues, hallelujah. And the real meaning of enzymatic, the real meaning of Edom means red. And what is red? Red can be likened to the uh, porridge that um, Esau, you know, <laughs> um, I, I'm still take, trying to take us through the history, but I won't bore us a lot. So, like I said earlier, we all remember how Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of porridge. So because of that, his name was changed to Edom. That's the meaning of Edom. And Jacob became Israel, which we all know today as the people of Israelites and all that. So Genesis 36 records the early history of the Edomites, like I said earlier. Even though the Edomites, they are wicked unto the people of Israelites, God still forbid them to be at war with them. They see them as their brother, but that was not the case with the Edomites. They are always looking for the downfall of the people of Israel. They laugh at them. Things. It got to a certain stage, I think in Ezekiel 35, that the Lord foretold their doom. I mean, the Edomites. The Lord foretold their doom that because you rejoice over the inheritance of Israel that was lost. Because of this, your land will be desolate. I will deal with you and you shall be desolate too. Then you will know that I, can you just imagine that? That these people are wicked to their own brother, to the extent that God caused them, that their own land will be desolate too because they were rejoicing over the fall of the people of Israel. And I look at it. Those who have all these things around us today, if anything is happening to you, people are quick to rejoice that Allah, maybe he was doing like this, he was puffing up and down. But look at him today, look at it. I will not be a portion in Jesus' name. Amen. So moving forward, that's just a brief history of the kind of people the Edomites are. They have this bitterness in their minds towards the people of Israel to the extent that God had to cause them. How wicked could they have been? For God to cause them and say their land would be desolate. Even up to two. You can hear the, the, the Israelites, Israelites up and down, even in our present age. But how many of us are hearing about the Israelites? Hallelujah. And these okay. people, to make matters worse, they don't believe in God. They are pagans. They and all kinds of things. So they are not even in line with, with God. I will make us fall short of the glory of the Lord in the mighty name of Jesus. So quickly, let's go into our discussions. The first one says, God is in control of the suffering God 
who has all power to raise and pull down. Obadiah 1 to 2. Compare this with Psalm 115, verse 3. What do this mean to you of our Christian living? Hallelujah. Because I want us to read that Obadiah 1 to 2. Obadiah verse 1 to 2, and then we'll read Psalm 115, verse 3, so that we can have a better understanding of how to answer that question that says, what do this mean to you? What are the implications for a Christian living today? Hallelujah. I will take uh, Obadiah 1, verse 1 and 2 here. God that our ambassador was saying to the nations to say, get ready, everyone. Let's assemble our armies and attack Edom. The Lord says to Edom, I will cut you down to size among the nations. You will be greatly despised. Hallelujah. What do this mean to you for our Christian living? Is there anyone that can help us out? And let's read Psalm 115, verse 3. Praise Psalm. the Lord. Hallelujah. Psalm 115, verse 3 says, But our God is in the heavens. He has done whatsoever he has pleased. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Our God is in the heavens. Is in the heavens and he does as he wishes. He doesn't need the permission of anybody to do anything. He doesn't need my permission or the permission of anybody, any king, any president, for nations to bloom or for nations to be desolate. He doesn't need anybody's permission. Hallelujah. And God is telling the Edomite, I will cause you down to size among the nations. Who can, who can question God? Hallelujah. So our discussion is asking us that, what do this mean to you? What are the implications for our Christian living? Is there anyone that can help us out? That if God decides to do anything today, what do, they, what do that statement mean to us? And what is the implication for our Christian living? Anyone who's going to help us out? Bro, Kobe, are you here? Anyone, anyone, our time is running. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think to my own understanding, it's um, both uh, verses, <laughs> both scriptures rather, are saying, um, Pointing to the same thing that the Lord is, is a sovereign God that is, He rules and reigns in the affairs of man. He does as He wills. So God is in control of our affairs, just like the right of us, as rightly said. So he, he can choose to do whatsoever He wills, and no one can hold Him ransom. Praise mm -hmm. the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you very much, my dear sister. So the implications. This thing as on a Christian living today is that we shouldn't behave irrationally and think 
we can go scot-free with some things. God can decide and undecide upon our life. I pray that the decision of the Lord will be positive on us in the mighty name of Jesus. And it will not be the other way around. Hallelujah. Let's go to three. God does not punish without a cause. Adam ganged up with the foreigners against his own brother, Jacob. That is in verse 10 to 11. Let's read verse 10 to 11. I will read from here. Because of the violence you did to your close relatives in Israel, you will be filled with shame and destroyed forever. When they were invaded, you stood aloof, refusing to help them. Foreign invaders carried off their weights and cast lots to divide up Jerusalem. But you acted like one of the Israelites' enemies. I mean, let's look at it. Twins, two people from the same womb carrying the same fallopian tube that were giving birth to on the same day, sucking the same breast. You see your brother going, being destroyed. And all you could do is to rejoice that, thank God, is proving to be the eldest. Now, the doom has come. It's going to be put to shame. I mean, it's quite, it's quite unfortunate. And these are the things that happen today. We see families turning against each other, like um, what um, Daddy T, I think Daddy T or Mommy T said sometimes that uh, the, between the age, age range of 40 or thereabouts, you see that siblings, they no longer talk. They no longer do things together. Everybody is on their own. I mean, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be like that. Look at these people. Said Adam gang up with foreigners against his own brother. Not, not cousin, not nephew. His own brother, Jacob. They came out of the womb the same day. Given birth to by the same mother. Moving forward, said, never rejoice over the downfall of anyone, not even your brother. For the Lord who, pay, who repays everyone is watching. God is watching our every move. He's watching everything we do. If anybody is going through pains or difficult time, it is not, that is not the time for us to rejoice. Nevertheless, the Bible is telling us that we should lift up others. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your brother as yourself. Love your sister as yourself. Do not rejoice, for the Lord who repays everyone is watching. And he will reward everyone according to what we want. Amen. The Lord frowns at the attitude of the Edomites. God was not really happy for God to cause them that their land would be desolate. You can imagine the kind of wickedness that these people had towards Israel. The kind of bitterness in their heart towards the Israelites. Hallelujah. So there's a question. I hope you don't launch into celebration when you hear your perceived, someone you perceive that. The person might not even be your enemy. But the fact that you are perceiving it, your perceived enemies encounter disasters or death. That isn't God's attitude. That isn't God's attitude. There was a time I was going through some things. I think, um, okay, let me, let me use the recent one. I had issues with my law school results and 
I was sad when I heard what someone said. They ah, God, God forbid, I will say to you, wait, along. She, had, she has not become a lawyer. She's already proud. She's already this. I mean, how wicked can people be? This, people, this person still called me. I know I heard about your failure, but the person failed to call me when I eventually passed. That, hey, thank God, dude. congratulations. I eventually heard you've passed. You can see that the Bible says the art of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? You don't, we don't have to rejoice when people, when people fall or when people go into disaster or when people die. On social media, you see people, when they say someone died, then you see people laughing and do, doing all sorts of things. That is the kind of life or, or the kind of world we find ourselves today. Rejoice not over your enemies or even your friends. Because God in heaven is watching our every move. So that isn't God's attitude. Can we quickly read Matthew 5:43? Matthew 5:43, so that we can know the mind of God towards us. Matthew 5:43. Can someone read for us, Matthew, please? Matthew 5:43 says, You have had that it has been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. Let's read 44. Verse 44. Verse 44. What I say unto you. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Hallelujah. 45 says, in that way, You'll be acting as true children of your father in heaven, for he gives the sunlight to both evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. Hallelujah. So that is Amen. God's attitude for us. That is what God is expecting of us, that we should love our neighbors, our enemies, and pray for those who persecute us. Let's not judge anybody. I pray as we do this, the Lord will reward us mightily in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, Amen. I will take four and five together. The Edomites caused the children of Israel more pain. They hindered those who wanted to escape and caught them off. They betrayed them into their enemies' hands. Edom punitively maltreated God's people. However, the day of the Lord upon all nations is near to certain rights. The day of the Lord is the day of judgment against God's enemies and his people, but a day of vindication for his devoted worshipers. Hallelujah. The day of the Lord is coming, whereby God will make everything right, everything straight, and everybody will be rewarded according to what you have done. Hallelujah. May we not be rejected on the last day in the mighty name of Jesus. And the Lord will vindicate us with the true worshipers in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. The ultimate judgment on Edom is finally proclaimed by the Lord who sees all. They will be totally annihilated from by the Lord. Hallelujah. Because these people refuse to give love a chance, 
giving love a chance, loving their brother, loving their enemies, they will be annihilated. They will be cut off. Their land will be desolate. Nothing will be heard about them again. I pray that will not be a portion in the mighty name of Jesus. Just because they couldn't love, just because they couldn't give up everything and just love their, their this is not even a neighbor, their brother. Hallelujah. And this continued on and on and on, on until they were totally destroyed. And I keep asking that God is a forgiving God. Why didn't he forgive them? I keep asking myself that why didn't God for, just forgive them and let them go? But because they were, <laughs> they, they, they've added their mind. They've added their mind. They are not ready to let go. So they were cut off eventually. Their generations, everything about them, they were forgotten. Nothing good came out of the land. Hallelujah. I don't, I don't want to be sentimental, but we have them among us today. You hear things like, I will never forgive you till the day I die. On top waiting, what? What are we dragging? What is it that we can't let go? Unforgiving spirits. You know, your brother offended you. You turned it to something else. Your sister offended you. You said no. Until the day I die, I'm not going to forgive such a person. Your neighbors, people, people living in the same house and they don't talk, they don't greet each other. This can be likened to this today. Hallelujah. We will not fall victim of the ultimate judgment of God upon our life in the mighty name of Jesus. God is the deliverer and restorer. He will not leave his people in captivity, for he always finds a way out for them. That's verse 17. God is a deliverer and restorer. He will not leave his people in captivity. May God restore everything we've lost today unto us in the mighty name of Jesus. And may he deliver us in the name of Jesus. The Lord foretold the deliverance of his people, restoration of territories to his people, and then establishment of his kingdom. Um, we can see that in verse 17 to 21. I so much love verse 17. There shall be deliverance, and there shall be holiness. The house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. I pray that everything will flow today. The Lord will restore them unto us again in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's continue reading. Let's read. Um, Sister Sophia, please, can you help us read that 17 to 21? 
I would have loved us to read all the verses of this chapter because it's, it's just one chapter and 21 verses. But because of our time, Sir Sophia, please, can you help us out? Let's read 17 to 21. Hello, are you there? Okay, let me just read. But Jerusalem will become a refuge for those who escape. It will be our holy place, and the people of Israel will come back to reclaim their inheritance. The people of Israel will be rectified, and Edom, a field of dry stubble. The descendants of Joseph will be a flame running across the feet, devouring everything. There will be no survivors in Egypt. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then my people living in Egypt will occupy the mountains of Egypt. Those living in the foothills of Judah will possess the Philistine plains and take over the fields of Ephraim and Samaria. And the people of Benjamin will occupy the land of Gilead. The exiles of Israel will return to their land and occupy the Phoenicians' coast as far as north, as far north as Seraphat. The captives from Jerusalem exiled in the north will return home and resettle the towns of the native. Those who have been rescued will go up to Mount Zion in the Jerusalem to rule over the mountains of Edom, and the Lord himself will be king. Hallelujah. What a nice conclusion. The Lord foretold the deliverance of his people, restoration of territories to his people, and then establishment of his kingdom. If you just, just restore these things to, to many people, this is what we saw devoted to us. And you can see all the elements of freedom were devoted the devoted Christian, the devoted worshippers followers. Hallelujah. May our inheritance not be distributed unto other people in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Um, okay. Let's go into our question. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, the Lord does not condone evil in any sense. It is evil to rejoice when another person falls, especially the fall of slow prison brethren. However, it is common in a contemporary way that when Christian falls, especially the minister of the gospel, fellow Christian brethren, rather than trying to stand by him and empty him back on his feet, they gloat over him. This kind of attitude is not good at all. Therefore, it has to change. I want to, I want, I want to ask us something, and I want us to really contribute to it. You know, over the years, and we've been hearing of people backsliding this and that as we're growing up in Christianity. We heard of this and that and that, and people will be quick to say, "Yeah, if it is a artist." that want to renounce the Scottism, they will look for a way to gang up and bring him back and all that. 
So why is it not like that among us Christians? That the moment we see a Christian brother falling, the next thing is to desert him and leave him alone. Why is it like that? And what is the way out? What do you think we can do? Please, I want us to discuss that in the next five to seven minutes so that we can have time to pray. Praise the Lord. Why? Hallelujah. Oh. What I can quickly lay my hand upon is that uh, the love of the brethren, the love I miss the brethren, have was good. So when we didn't see hmm. our, the falling of our brethren as a big responsibility for us. So we'll be, is it that we are nonchalant about it or we are even an instrument for that person to even go deeper, deeper into the world. So what uh, the way out hmm. I see about it is we need revival. The Lord should revive us so that the love of hmm. brethren can be in our midst. As the Bible has described, we are one body in Christ. So if we see ourselves as one body, Maybe the hand is malfunctioning. The brain or the legs is supposed to uh, have that feeling that is my responsibility for me to restore the hand because a pain to one is a pain to all. An injury to one is injury to all. I pray the Lord will help us all as we do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much, sir. Um, looking at the broad motto of CAC worldwide. It says one fold, one shepherd. Is that really true today? Are we really one fold and under one shepherd? Can I say I truly love this brother to the point that I can do anything for him? Are we really one fold under one shepherd? Is there anyone that can help us? And how can we bring all these uh, lost souls? Let, don't let me say lost souls now. Most people are not lost. But because they don't find love where it's supposed to be, they tend to, most people will not go to church again, or they'll just leave their present church and go to another church. What can we do to cope this today? How can we bring this uh, burden back a typical example is our, our instrumentalists going to other churches, other big churches, because they feel more loved, they feel more committed, and all that. Now, I've asked two questions now. Are we really one food under one shepherd? Then how can we bring all these our brethren back to the food? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Time is going, time is going. You is going to help us. Praise God. Hallelujah. That is a million dollar question. Are we truly one fold, one shepherd? Though, as it's supposed to be, we should be one fold, one shepherd. There's a saying in Yoruba, we try and say it in English, that it is. Uh, 
it is sheep that say it doesn't, it won't have anything to do with goat. That his mother did not mm. give it to a, a black, mm. black skin or black color. I, and mm. I see that we are one fold and we are one shepherd, but today we have many folds, many factions, and different shepherds. I do say this the Bible says, in a great house, there are different kinds of vessels. Some are for yeah. some are to this corner. Some are brass, some are gold. So we cannot be the same thing. We can't be the same character. We can't be the same temperament. There's no way we won't have clashes, but we should be able to manage it since we are one body, since we are, so we ought to be one fold, one shepherd. So we should be able to manage our differences. Uh, I pray as a, as a, mm-hmm. End time revivalist, end time a child of God. This is one of the assignments committed into our hands. As we are using one hand to bring lost yes. souls back, we should be using the other hand to sustain those that, those that want to fall out or that are already falling out. The Lord will help us in that ministry of reconciliation in Jesus' name. Amen. And Thank you, my dear brother. And that is okay. even. Okay, sir. The second no, question was, can you remind me the second question? I said, um, how can we bring our brethren back to the food, yeah, especially yeah. our instrumental leaders? Well, I would just talk generally. That you, that someone was saying that nobody will run away from a place where they show love. That ah, I cannot stay there. With this. They show love too much. Their love is overwhelming. No, even... Mm-hmm. Um, Animals, we stay where they are, they are showing, showing it love. I guess so. We still need the love of bread and then fervent prayer. The Bible says, the fresher prayer of the righteous availeth much. So, why we are showing love and we are praying, and then going to other denominations doesn't mean that they fall, they fall out of faith. But when we now see mm-hmm. them at the other side of the divide, uh, we know that uh, these people they are going outside the grace. Of God. So we need prayer. We also need a genuine love, genuine one, not counterfeit or hypocritical love. We need genuine love. And we mm-hmm. see that things will fall in place by the grace of God. Praise God. Hmm. Hallelujah. And that is the mandate God is giving unto us. That is what God has commanded us to do. That love your enemies, love your neighbors, love anybody, everybody around you. Hallelujah. I pray that the Lord will give us more strength and more enablement and grace to love with the kind of love the Father wants us to exhibit. Not the kind of love that, okay, let me just pretend as if I love this person. No, God is looking for someone that will genuinely love his brethren, genuinely love his neighbors. And this love will transcend to the old world. Why do we have wars? Why do we have all this hate speech and all that today? It's because there's no love. No love among us. No love is lost among the brethren. And when there's no love among the brethren, are we, we, we that are the brethren, are we not the people that will love? You just go back into the neighborhood. I mean, you come to church, do all sorts of things, and still go back home to do the uh, things the other way around. I pray we will not end up like the Edomites in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, the last part here says, 
You get nothing by gloating over your fellow brother who falls. You get nothing. You get nothing. You go into your room and start rejoicing that thank God that person fall. To what extent? To what? What will you attain with that? Because you hate someone, that doesn't mean you go to the bank or any other place tomorrow and say, ah, I hate someone, no, please give me one million naira. Why not just love and have peace of mind? Hallelujah. Because that person you are gloating over, that your fellow brother that you, you are gloating, the moment you see that person, you yourself, you, don't be, you, you will not be as peace. Because there's this bitterness you just have towards that person. Then the person is coming, you turn your face. You are not at peace with yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So nevertheless, through prayers and encouragements, such can be restored to the food. Remember the day of the Lord is coming upon the nations of the world. Just like Bro Akobi said, prayer, words of encouragements. The Bible commands us that, Said, if you have hundred sheep and one of it is missing, it's better you leave that ninety-nine and go in search of the one that is missing. Hallelujah. Prayers, encouragements, words of encouragement. You see someone that is down in the church. That is not the time for you to start deleting the person or bring a lot of things. It is a time to encourage such person. Nobody is an island. You can't know everything. Hallelujah. So please, let's encourage ourselves in prayer and a lot of things. Today, earlier today, I, I, I heard a story of the man that owns Booker Alt, that the man committed suicide and that. And people were like, ah, JB is rich, this and that. We don't know what this man is going through. We don't know what is running through his mind. It might be that he just needed someone to tell him that all will be well. That might just be it. It doesn't have to do with money and anything. But peace of mind. So I'm saying that for me and my and my family, for me and myself, I will encourage someone near me today. I don't know about Susha. Let's keep encouraging ourselves in sounds, in songs, and all that. And as we do that, God will help us in Jesus' name. Remember the day Amen. of the Lord is coming upon the nations of the world. The day of the Lord is coming where everybody will be rewarded according to everything they've done on earth, according to what they've done. All our works will be weighed. All our works will be tried. Let it not be that because you did not love your neighbor, because you did not love your family, because you did not love that person, all the things you've worked for, your works of evangelism, prayer, and all that will be tested by fire. And God will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I, don't, I do not know you just because you cannot love or let go. I pray that will not be 
very quickly, we have some prayer points. Please, does anybody have questions? If you have any questions, please, can you please ask? I have a question first. Okay. Okay, my question is this. How can we love the unlovable? Uh, let me try and analyze it quickly. Like the Boko Haram people that they've killed, uh, the Shekarao, the extremists, the kidnappers. Because I know someone that is very close to me, sort, sort of. The man is a, the man, very vibrant man of God. Have, he have a lot of people, hundreds of people that depend on him. And he has denomination across the nation. The nation. I think one day he was traveling and he's, he got a, the, the car break down in the middle of nowhere. Before you know it, this hmm. uh, kidnappers, they butchered him. They butchered him. Hmm. How do you want the wife, the children, to love that kind of people? Sometimes it's easier said than done. Let me just put it like that. So how do we love the unlovable? Even when it's directly, we are directly involved. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Do you want to help us out, sir? I know you are the teacher. Go ahead. No, I, okay. So uh, the question you asked that, how can we love the unlovable? <laughs> See, we read some, we read a place. I think, um, is it not Psalm 115 or 3 or whereabouts? Or thereabouts? We don't, we don't, we don't have to do things that are not in God's way. Let's leave it to God. God is the judge. Just do your part and leave the rest to God. The Bible commands us to love. If the Bible can tell us to love our enemies. Do you know what enemies connote? This is somebody that they don't want to do anything. What they just want to see is you're done for. Is it that you die or you don't exist or you don't, they don't want to have anything to do with you. And God is still commanding us to love them. So I know it is, like you said, it is easier said than done. Let's just forgive and let's go. Free your mind of anything. If eventually this enemy that will claim to be enemies, if they give their life to Christ, they will make heaven. And you that you are harboring something against them, you'll be the one. Say, like one of my father in the law, Pastor Alupo, he said, if a wish should kill a Christian, the Christian should go to a fire. <laughs> the devil will beat you, eh? Eventually, and eventually, when the wish now give his life to Christ, please, who is at loss? Who is at loss? It is a Christian. So let's just forgive. Let's let go of any other things in our mind that I want to love unconditionally. I want to love this person as myself. I want to love without limits, without any hindrance, without anything. That is the commandment of God. Love your neighbors as yourself, which is the greatest commandment. And I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. Either enemy or semi-enemy or anything. It is 
not in our own doing. We don't have forgiveness. We don't have that in our mind. Let's leave it to God to be the judge. Hallelujah. I hope I'm able to answer your question, sir. Yeah, Mr. I'm, Bobby. Okay. I'm okay. I'm okay with it. Thank you. Sir? Hello, sir. I think he said it's okay. Uh, maybe I should just oh, add okay. a little bit. Uh, thank you very much. Okay, yeah. Okay, Sophia, 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 go ahead. Yes, sir. Pastor, please, before you you go ahead to put shed more light on it i that uh question is actually like something for me also so i want mm. to give practical scenarios so you would help us with it you know loving somebody that is not lovable okay let me give an instance now this is somebody that um, you would always call Ah, how are you? Hope you are good. Let's say minimal fortnightly. This person does not even call you. Then the person will now come up at, at one time to say, maybe something happened in between and you are not able to maybe call like before. The person now comes to tell you, oh, see, I can't pay me more. This is you that don't call. You don't reciprocate it at all. For you to say, okay, is to show that that person has been making effort to call you. Do, do you get it, Pastor? Yes. And man. So, yeah, like, it. somebody that is not lovable, like, you, you go all house for this person to check on the person's welfare, you know, seriously, this thing happens sometimes in, in even everyday relationship, like friends, a lady, to, a lady to a lady, a guy to a guy. Sometimes you will be the one to always make the efforts to, to, to keep the relationship in place. And let's mm. be factual, it could be tiring. Mm. So like in this, like this practical uh, scenario, I, I I, I don't need you to shed more light on it. Like, how can you keep doing this thing effortlessly? Because to be factual, I could be tiring. I'm talking from experience. Pastor. Okay. Thank you very much. Wonderful question. Uh, well, I, in my opinion, calling someone or not calling someone is not... Um, an indication that you love or you don't love the person. There are some of us. Exactly. There are some of us who don't have the gift of calling. That doesn't mean we don't love the person. Some people prefer to chat more than call. In the days that there were no phone calls, I mean, there were no uh, uh, cell phones. Love existed. So the fact that I I check on you over the phone doesn't mean I love you or doesn't mean I don't love you. We need to first get that. That is not the love Christ is talking about. Now, the fact that I don't 
hold any grudge or bitterness towards you. That is love. Now, I don't have to send you emails or send you WhatsApp chats for me not to hold bitterness against you. I hope you are getting me. So, I'm guessing, sir. Yeah, the expression of love you are talking about is just because of technology. So when you stop, in as much as you don't have bitterness towards that person in your heart, that is love. Now, the, the example Akobi gave is a very practical one and very painful one. Uh, but Jesus, you know, when we read the Bible at times, we don't really understand the practicality that Jesus said that God should forgive them for they know, they know not what they are doing. Jesus hung on the cross for six hours before he died. Six solid hours of agony, slow death, disgrace, and he still had time to pray for people. I don't think any of us had gone through that kind of agony. So, yes, ours is to love, not love because the person is loving back or love mm -hmm. because of a reason. Love everybody, pray for them, let them go. There's no, so the fact, the phone call, phone conversation or whatever, for instance, uh, we've read a story of, of uh, uh, I think, a story of a, of a, of a Rwandan, uh, I think it was Rwanda, one of the war-torn countries, uh, whereby the, 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 there was a woman whose husband and children were killed by the other tribe, I think Tutsi or something like that. Uh, and he, she knew the guy, that the young one that committed that crime. So years after, after the war, she was always going to, uh, uh, to make, to prison, to just uh, make, uh, uh, like, I've forgotten the story. I'm trying to get the story. But she, maybe she, I think she goes to, for, to prison for evangelism here and there, blah, blah, blah. So um, she went to a particular village or a particular town the pastor of that town, of that small village, now say, ah, you need to meet a young boy, a, a young man, he has become a man, he's doing well for the Lord, uh, God has healed him, God brought him from prison, he's doing, he, he said a lot of things, are wonderful things about him. By the time the woman shall have met the man, he discovered that it was that young boy who killed her husband, that killed her husband and her children, and gave her a mark, I think she macheted her head, the only reason why she didn't die, they thought she was dead. So they put her among the dead people. But the villagers saw that she was still moving before they buried everybody. That's the only reason why she didn't die. And she had already been forgiven this guy. She has been using him to preach. She has been using it that the Lord will touch him, the Lord that is, is praying for him, blah, 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 blah. They met. So people are, that's why the Bible says there will be cloud of witnesses. Cloud of witnesses when we get to heaven have gone through worse than we've been through and god gave them the strength and the grace to forgive uh forgiveness is not natural the natural thing is an eye for an eye that's the law of moses a tooth for a tooth exactly you do this for me you i do it back for you 
But the law of Jesus, the, the, the grace of Jesus said that we should even forgive our head, forgive our yeah. enemies, those who want evil for us. So that's my own uh, uh, opinion. We forgive, we ask for the grace, but we forgive not because the person deserves it, not because the person asks for it. We love, not because the person is doing it back. We love because God has commanded us to love. Mm-hmm. That's my own opinion. And that's what uh, the, the study today is even telling us, that despite the wickedness of the people of Edom towards the Israelite, God told them not to retaliate, that the Israelites should not retaliate. Why? Because he knew the end of the Edomites is near. Hallelujah. So let's just keep doing good. Um, Mr. Sophia, the little you can do, keep calling. Because these people, it will be their word against yours. Hallelujah. The person that refused to pick your call is quick to notice that you stop. That means they actually like your call in Calling. the first place. So please keep doing good in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank Amen. you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Yes, ma'am. So let's um, take out, we'll just take two prayer points here from the pamphlet and let's praise with all our mind. Hallelujah. I believe nobody yeah. has any question again. Are we all good? Yes, yes ma'am. ma'am. Okay. So yes, the first ma'am. prayer point is saying, Lord, Thank you for your willingness and readiness to always restore us, your people, into your will, despite the enemy's work. Lord, help all Christians to invite the spirits of being one another's, one brother's keeper, unto your glory in Jesus' name. Let's take the two together. Father, Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your willingness and readiness to always restore us, your people. Thank you, Father, because. Amen. 
Father, we thank you for this evening. Thank you for this amazing teaching. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us that we don't have to rejoice at other people's downfall. We ask for the grace to love genuinely, to love despite hurts, to love despite the pains. Father, give us this grace in the name of Jesus. Amen. We pray for as many of our brethren that are going through one thing or the other. Some are backslidden. Some are, uh, the enemy is, is tempting some. Lord, we ask, Lord, for restoration, genuine total restoration in the name of Jesus. As a church, we come before you. We ask that, Lord, you give us the truth, the grace, the the spirit of true love, true brotherliness, true sisterliness in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. We pray for our teacher that you have used tonight. We ask that you feel her the more in the name of Jesus. Amen. You are grace in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 In Jesus' name. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Pastor, for this opportunity. Mr. Kobe and every other person. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Have a lovely ahead. Okay. Good night. Thank you. Good Good night, night, everyone. Yeah. Loving your enemies and your neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. Bye.